Hello everyone. I know all of us are waiting today's live session. So without any further ado, let's start moving on to our first session. Our first speaker for today is Mr. Chirag Thakkar from Gensler Design. Chirag Thakkar is a design director at Gensler Bangalore with more than 16 years of extensive professional experience working in India and regionally. An experienced project leader he plays a key role in planning, designing, and overseeing projects from start to completion. Chirag carries a reputation for working closely with his clients to generate strategies and solutions that are innovative, resilient, and pragmatic over a diverse range of residential and workplace projects. He is exceptionally passionate about design and its impact on the world the environment, and most importantly, the community. Welcome, Mr. Chirag, handing over the screen to you. Thank you, Riddhi. Uh, firstly, I'd like to thank IIDA uh, and all the people who are on the event to give me this opportunity uh, to speak about what I do and our point of view as a company or and as an individual also. So, thank you so much for this opportunity. So, uh, to start with, my name is uh, Chirag Thakkar. I work as a workplace design director with Gensler India. I've been doing workplace projects for the last 20 years now. And uh, I, our company vision and mission is creating a better world through the power of design. And I'm completely aligned with that vision. So here we have gathered to discuss about this very interesting topic, which is reinventing design through technology. And uh, uh, this next one hour we'll be discussing about particularly this point of view. So as uh, as regards to my education, I studied in Sir J.J. School of Architecture in Mumbai. Very proud of the institution. Uh, very fortunate to meet my friends, colleagues, the professors were there, learned a lot during those days. And why I bring up this point is that we all as designers uh, have learned and learned about the design principle, which is form follows function. So it is like the most relatable design principle, especially the post-industrial industrial revolution. Now, this and after working for so many years for the last 20 years, I've also become like a firm believer of technology follows function. So what I want to bring to the forum here is that design and technology, they both go hand in hand. And they both are absolutely essential to reach to an optimum solution for any design problem what we have. Now, as architects, we play an important role in the society. We are also responsible to create clean, neat, optimum spaces for a better human experience. Especially now after this uh, post-pandemic times, so we knowing the current socio-economic background, where we are at the cusp of a financial meltdown, 
wars happening we have we are we are supposed to be even more responsible of how we actually leverage design and technology to give the right solution now the when i say that design and technology both go hand in hand uh what i mean is that either of it in excess if design is excess in a project or if technology is excess in a project it may lead to wastage of resources and time which are not at all sustainable in this current times and for the future generations to come so there has to be that balance uh like i would like to just share some examples like if uh, if we consider design as the first part now if design is an excess what would happen uh imagine if we all as designers uh just look at uh, cosmetic changes keeping old technology mm, it would what, what what would be the result for instance we we all are uh, using this gadget in our hand a mobile phone and uh, we always wait for the new version to come so that we can ex- experience the new version from the design perspective as well as a technology perspective but just because of some product is really uh, popular and the sellers do not have time to actually upgrade the technology the operating system and they just do some cosmetic changes and give it to us what will we feel we feel cheated so this is just an example to show that okay design plus technology both have to be really updated to give like a elevated experience when we go for some new product or even new space similarly if we do like workplace Uh, if a client comes to you and says okay that i'm i'm looking for a new workplace for our uh, team just imagine if we pick up the space and just do some aesthetical interventions good carpet good wall finishes good ceiling but we don't look at the actual functioning of the office do not integrate technology and give them just that good looking office what will it, what will it be like it will not be it will look good for one or two days one week but ultimately it will not work functionally so that's the case is that we we now understand that design is only design is not important it has to be backed up by it has to be integrated with technology now i would go on to the other side now imagine if we as designers leave the entire outcome to technology now technology is available to us uh, these days we can use technology right from the before the project where we can get the inputs during conce- conceptualization stage during construction stage after occupancy technology can spread across in all these uh, directions and help us Uh, but if we designers leave everything to technology what i mean to say is that if we use tools with like a one click button if we get a solution what would be the outcome uh what i want to get here is that uh in today's day when we have got computational design we do parametric designs uh it, that technology is accessible to all of us now but the justification of using that technology in the right place place is also very key for example if you are doing like a workplace which is around 300 to 400 seater uh, employees or team sitting there 
and we use parametric design to the, do like a very unique ceiling solution. Uh, the amount of effort which goes into design of that, construction of it, making that customized and building it, the cost will really overshoot the budget. And we are doing that for 300 to 400 team members wherein the first day, second day, third day, they will be really wowed by the experience. But after a month, it, it is just like a uniquely designed feature sitting there. So what I want to mean, what I mean to say here is that definitely we should use such computational and parametric designs, but into a the use case has to be solid. I mean to say if you have like a public space, like an airport or a museum or a train station where every day the, the user is a new user, lakhs of people cross that space and that is the place where you use this kind of a, a technology and that, that is the right justification. Now, also I would like to give cite some other examples. Like for example, if we uh, we have cars, we have been using cars uh, in the history and from the time when we started using cars, maybe around when we grew up and we started using cars, last 20 years to now, there is a lot of innovation and evolution which the car has gone into. Uh, just imagine if the car is technically, technologically advanced, but the person who's driving inside is a human. If the, if the design of the interiors is not ergonomically thought of, then will that technology help? No. So there, even, even a simple thing like a car, which is technically advanced, we need to have that human angle to it. We need to design from the human perspective, understanding that eventually a human has to drive that technology to go from one place to the other. This is just one more example of the car. One more, one more example I'd like to cite. We did a recent project, uh, and I really look up to that project. Uh, the client also was very inclined to use the latest technology. At the same time, uh, the focus on design was not there; uh, was always there. So, technology. We, as as architects, we studied climatology. Climatology is actually climate of a uh, technology of climate. So wherein we know that the the basic rule in climatology regarding air is that the hot air rises up and the cold air, cold air settles down. So what we did in a recent project, uh, see, let me just step back, uh, step one, step back. Like as a conventional way these days, when we do like an office space, we definitely need to air condition it. So what we do is that we have the entire usable space on the floor and then we have like all the air conditioning ducts running into the ceiling where the cold air is pumped through the ducts. It has to come down onto the usable level where the employees are there. And then again, it has to go up. So what we are doing is we are actually just going against the nature of the uh, nature of what we studied in climatology that hot air rises up and the cold air settles down. Imagine one floor, 20 floors, 200 floors, 2000 floors, all designed that way. That means every project we are using that much of extra power to actually do the entire air conditioning technology in a reverse way. Rather than that, if we do the use the technology of air conditioning in the right way, 
wherein we have like the cold air thrown from the floor itself, like create a false floor, uh, throw this cold air through the false floor, and from there it rises up and goes back to the air conditioning. That is like a natural cycle of the air conditioning. So this particular project we really did in a way that the entire floor was, uh, entire design was actually done in such a way that the furniture etc was placed on a false floor. The meeting rooms, the office spaces, collaboration spaces, they were all on false floor. There was a plenum created under the floor wherein the air conditioning uh, was there, pressurized plenum was created and we threw the air from the floor and the natural cycle was followed. And when we checked the ROI over a period of time, that project is definitely going to save a lot of power and operational cost. Just because doing the simple thing of following the right pattern of air movement. Similarly, in the same project, like when I'm talking from the workplace perspective because I'm a workplace designer. So in the same project, uh, we generally, everybody, when you go to office, you cross the reception space, you go to the lift lobby, then you go through those circulation corridors and go finally go and occupy your seat, which is the focus area. Now, a simple thing like we know that once a once an employee enters the office, he's circulating to all these areas and then occupying that focus space is that what we did in this project is that we gave air conditioning only to that focus space. The circulation spaces we designed in such a way through architectural design is that they were naturally ventilated. So that really gave a good balance. That we are again saving power. We are not wasting energy for so wasting energy by doing by air conditioning those corridors and air conditioning only the place where the employees are occupying that space for more than uh, four to five hours, eight hours. So again, taking off the sustainability point by doing this kind of taking this kind of an approach. I would also like to take one more example of sustainability. Like basically we all as designers, we do the conceptualization, we do the documentation, and then finally it gets on site of construction. Now, simple thing on construction, like these these projects are quite huge. And if you want to actually uh, like re making releasing drawings on site for construction for the contractors. There is an option. Either we print those entire drawings on large size sheets and then give them to the contractors, the project managers, the client, the different agencies who are working on site or we can just share digital copies and save paper because just imagine one project, there are tens of copies of the same drawing going to 10 different agencies because they're all collaborating to make that space and one digital copy which is circulated between all the agencies where they can actually zoom in and zoom out and see everything very clearly and there is it also helps in version control it also helps in saving paper again taking out the sustainability box so i i just wanted to get all these examples of technology because see technology is a vast subject and just sort of touching upon how it can be used efficiently to get the right results. Now, coming to <coughs> Gensler. Now, Gen in Gensler, it's it's a huge organization with a lot of projects across the globe. So, as as a principle, what we do is that we uh, reserve 
some part of our profits in research. Now that research is actually two types. One research is uh, one research is based on the design. So basically, basically we are doing different kind of projects, and our research about those projects are focused on those particular practice areas to understand what is the latest trend, what is the latest which is happening in the market, what benchmarking of the similar kind of projects, and then giving client the right solution based on the latest and what is happening in the market. <coughs> Similarly, there is another part of investment what we do is in design technology. So design technology for us, we have got a, a specific team, which is a global team as well as we have a team in the APME region. Uh, and then this team is dedicated to uh, do research in the cutting-edge technology, what is available in today's day, which will support the uh, designers, actually, to perform their activities to the best way possible. So, I'd like to uh, share an analogy of an Iron Man, which our design technology head, Vignesh, he said, and I completely align by it. We, we all know this character of uh, Iron Man. Now, Iron Man is actually a character from the Marvel studio, uh, the character Tony Stark. So, he he is a human which is wearing a suit, which is a technology kind of a marble. And that's what he uh, actually uses to enable and do infinite possibilities in his day-to-day -day, uh, activity. So, what I mean to say here is that the suit is a technical arm or a technical addition to a human inside. So the idea is that the human will feed the requirement. The suit will give the options. These are the 10 options which are there. And the human inside then actually decides whether which of the options to pick. Because after all, the human is actually deciding Human has got that emotions, that sensibilities, and that superpower to uh, to understand what is right, what is wrong. Just imagine everything is left to technology, and that human inside is just like a dummy human. Uh, so technology is used by that human superpower to give to create those infinite possibilities, and I completely align with that. So. Uh, what we have done, we have got in Gensler, we've got, we've come up with our proprietary tools. Uh, there are currently four of them and we really, so we use them to in our day-to-day -day activities while designing. So yeah, one more thing which I'd like to share here, our, the design technology team, uh, we don't have an elitist approach, wherein we as designers go to a problem to the team and that team will do the entire using that tools or and giving us a solution ready in hand. No, that's not the way we do it. We, our idea is that we uh, teach these tools, how to use these tools to the entire 5,000 employees which we have so that all of us have access to it. And then we use these tools in our daily uh, project experiences to make it better. So it's like elevating the entire community of us as designers 
to come up with solutions in our daily uh, problems that we face while designing. And that's that's really uh, that's that's really great from the perspective that it is not le left only to that that one click automation is not there. We don't believe in one click automation wherein you say that okay, this is the flow plate or this is the uh, master plan. These are the requirements, and please come up with options, and we'll pick the best. No, we have to guide that process, and this tool just helps us to reach the solution in a better way. So here, first uh, tool which I'd like to share is about the G blocks. So uh, Siddharth, if you can share the screen, and I can play that video. Are you able to see the video? Yeah, so G blocks, the video is still playing. Yeah, so G blocks is like a software which uh, our architectural team, the lifestyle team, they use it. So when we when we get like a requirement from a client that, okay, this is the kind of uh, planning they're looking at. Uh, so this G-Block helps us to, it's a tool which helps us to actually first read in the requirement the of the local norms, the requirement, the uh, client input which has come to us that this is the proportion of the community spaces, the office spaces, residential spaces, and we have to feed in all those requirements into the G block. And post that, yeah, and post that is when this tool helps us to create options and give us all the matrix which is live. So, for example, if you're doing that blocking plan which you saw in the video, 
you come up with some blocking and distribute different space types, it'll give you the metrics of the proportions of those spaces. At the same time, it will give you the square footage area. Then if we feed in the parameter of costing, parking, uh, and income generated, it can, uh, the, the data there is live data. So whatever changes we do on the blocking, it will help us give that information. And that is the information which helps us to design in the right proportion. Plus, we can share that same information to that same data to the client. So the client can take an informed decision. That, yeah, these are the two scenarios, the three scenarios where it will want to spend this much or we want to uh, utilize the space in this way. Plus, it also helps us to take care of the norms. Like if you see, there was a, um, in the video, the, when the building actually crossed the height limit, it also alerted the designer that you're crossing the, the local norms. You're crossing the envelope of design. So here you see that the uh the tool what we use is not like a one-click button solution. It helps us to do all those mundane activities which generally will take time and it becomes very difficult for us as humans to go so much into depth when we are working at such fast-paced projects. Like when we get the projects, we generally, uh, like today, like I like to just say one more thing, like see basically as architects, we know third dimension. And in today's day, data has become like the fourth dimension. Your design has to be data-driven. And that will really help us to give a right solution. Plus, it uh, helps the client to take an informed decision. So this data as the fourth dimension generally takes time. And we as designers sometimes overlook it because of shortfall of time or because of less uh, resources or less uh, timeline, those tight schedules. So these tools really help us to take care of that issue. There is a similar tool which we have come up with uh, for the workplace planning. So let me again share my screen and take you through that uh, tool which is called as G-Clothes.
Jarak, can you put the volume uh, on? It's on? So this is like a, a software which we use in workplace design. And again, the tool here is not like a one-click uh, button solution that we get a flow plate from our clients and then we have to come up with rapid test fits which are uh, at a click of a button. It is we have to actually uh, dialogue with the tool. We have to give them the basic zoning. We have to give all the parameters that these are the places we want open areas, these are the places we want the closed spaces, and these are the back-to-back -back distances, we, these are the local norms, everything is fed based on the locality the project is into. And then this tool will really help us do all the mundane things, like uh, fitting in workstations in an open space, but with different setups, definitely this can do like a, a various options and we can see how it works. At the same time, this tool also helps us to um, like there is a sustainability parameter which is entered into it that if there is any uh, open space we have planned deep inside the flow plate where there is no natural light, it will alert you that this is the place where you should not, ideally you should not place workstations because it will, it will not get any natural light and it really helps the designer to then uh, come to a right solution. So this is another proprietary product we at Gensler use for all the designers and it is accessible, it's democratized and it's accessible to all the designers. Similarly, we've got another two tools. One is the sustainable G sustainable tool. Then we've got another uh, tool about the materials where we've got thousands and thousands of materials, high resolution materials. And we constantly keep on updating those, uh, that material bank, which is used to uh, for our projects and updated with all the information across the globe. So that's what uh, the, the in summary, what I wanted to uh, share is that design and technology have to go hand in hand. And there has to be like a right balance between both to actually come to a right solution. Uh, and uh, that's, I, I'd like to just, uh, yeah, this is this is the content. I think I've completed a little early, uh, and would be happy to have any questions if you have. Ritty, I'm not able to hear you. Uh, you are on mute. Thank you, Mr. Chirag. It was a great session, and we learned a lot about these uh, softwares which you use. Okay. We'll wait for all the questions to come through. So these softwares which you showed uh, are developed by Chancellor itself. And, uh, they are, uh, we have a DT team which is focused on developing all these software tools. So we've got one team sitting in the US, one team sitting in Singapore. And uh, they really uh, train all the designers. So as a senior member, even I'm supposed to learn. It's not that uh, 
because I'm a senior member, I should not be knowing it. I'm definitely supposed to learn these softwares. And uh, that's the way we all uh, have to grow as a community. So there would be a lot of trainings uh, going on, especially a person who enters for the first time in Kensler and they yes, have every... a certain amount of trainings. Yeah. Every six months, there is a program which is set because we know that these days uh, there are so many new people who have coming into the team, so many new members coming into the team. So every six months, there is a repetitive session. So right from the basics to the updates, we have the sessions going on and if somebody is already trained, then he can he or she can directly join the advanced course. Or if there is a new joinee, then they start from fresh. Very interesting. So uh, I've got a question here. Are there similar software for access? For access means? Access. I, I am assuming for us to access probably. No. Outside of the industry. You'll have to join us. So <laughs> these are proprietary products which uh, we really use it. Uh, we really have it limited to our team members. So we don't have anything which we are yeah, giving it outside still. So would request uh, that person to join us, join our team and be a part of this process. Those were the only questions we had for today. Thank you so much, Chirag, for joining us today. And uh, we'll be taking a break soon. Okay, I think Siddharth asking another question. Let's wait. Yeah. Hi Chirag, I've been working on creating such tools myself. What are your thoughts on wide adaptation of these automation tools by not so big companies? Oh, uh, first of all, really uh, congratulate you on if you're working on such tools and they're absolutely necessary no matter the scale of the company, whether it is big or small, our designs are data-driven. And if you're not actually using that fourth dimension of data to inform and create our designs, then I think we're not giving the right solution to our clients. So definitely, uh, big or small companies, we should be using tools which will help us uh, ensure that our designs are fully intact and data-driven. I hope I answered the question. Yes, I'm assuming so. Okay. Yes. So with this, we come to our end of the session. Thank you again, Mr. Chirak. Uh, there's, a so break till, uh, there's a break till 2.15. Post that, there will be a panel discussion on nature of technology in design. Immediately after the break, do not forget to tune in. Stay safe.